Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Puppies and kitties. Books and movies. Yes, we love these. Listen to this podcast, please. Right here at the top, I just want to say, we have a very special guest. Mm-hmm. Mary Kay McBrayer is here, everyone. It's me. It's been so, so long. Me. It's been a it's, minute, but she's I know. back. It's so good to see y'all. We've Mary Kay is an author and most recently host of podcast, The Greatest True Crime Stories Ever Told, which I would love to hear more about at the mm-hmm. end of the episode. So stay tuned for that. But for now, I'll stay tuned. I'll hold my t- comments till the end <laughs> on this. Stop talking. You're just listening now. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> um, for now, we are going to talk- be talking about Bruges by Mona Awad. And to get us into the discussion, this is going to be relevant. So mm-hmm. if you've read the book, you know. If you haven't read the book, just stay tuned. Um, my question to everyone is who was your first celebrity crush? I'll go. Uh, That's very this, aggressive. Well, it's uh, it's a bummer of an answer because um, my first celebrity crush was Johnny Depp. Oh, no. Ooh. And we hate him now. So, boo, Johnny Depp. But I, I did love that but man. But what was he in that made you be like, mm, yes, that? Please say Crybaby. <laughs> um, okay, Crybaby was one of them, but the other one was definitely... Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You you would be into that formative. I love a little freak boy. Also, I, I was very into Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean s- Pirates of the Caribbean. So if Johnny Depp had shown up in your mirror, you would have been like, "I love the movie Edward Scissorhands." <laughs> yes. And he would be very like, much so. But my name is Bob or something. Yeah. And I was like. Very into oh, also Nightmare on Elm Street. Love, yeah. Um, he's not in it for very long, but, but he's there. You know, he's there. Uh, and my my old roommate and friend Justine and I, when we were in like middle and high school, would just have like Johnny Depp movie marathons where we would watch just a bunch. So I've seen a bunch of his like really terrible movies too. Um, Did you say your name? This is Kelly. Mm, okay. Kelly, former Johnny Depp lover. <laughs> um, this is Mary. Mine's quick and easy. It's David Bowie from Labyrinth. <laughs> Specifically from Labyrinth. But also yes. just David Bowie in general. That's mm-hmm. a good one. That is a good answer. Mine's kind of fucked up. Oh, no. More than Johnny Depp. Mm, yes, but for different reasons. So... 
My first, and who are you? Oh, sorry. I'm Susan. My my first human celebrity crush was... Oh, um, oh no. Well, well, if we're not doing humans, then... Is it going to be the fox in Because uh, mine is the Robin centipede Hood. from James the Giant Peach in that case, but... Well, mine's relevant to this to this book because it was Doc from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> of all the dwarves. <laughs> the old That's... dwarf. Yes, the oldest. The oldest. But he was the leader, you know? He had yeah. like, his leader energy. I... <laughs> I could never have guessed that in a million years that that is what you were going to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just no, to know that you that's your type. Cartoon, I wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> Does Justin know? Um, he I does think now. I probably said it before, like, I don't know. I feel like I would be a little worried. Like, if I were Justin and you were like, that's my type, I'd be like, do I look like that to you? <laughs> It's, it's the energy. That's, yeah, that's why I love you. The leadership me. energy. Yeah, he just, you know, he really, like, rallies the troops. He's confident. Um, everyone trusts him. He seems wise. Maybe it's because he's old. I don't know. Um, wow. Yeah, so that was that. My first human one was Brad Pitt, though. So mm. okay. I did graduate that's... into actual hot men later. They're kind of the same in a lot of ways, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think leaders. So. <laughs> um, mine's kind of sad too because my oh, first yeah. celebrity crush um, was Jonathan Brandis. Oh yeah, I oh. had like a full wall of Jonathan Brandis stuff. I think probably like my introduction to Jonathan Brandis was the great film Lady Ladybugs, mm-hmm. the great soccer film. But um, <laughs> dead silence. Nobody saw that with Rodney, <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, no. Uh, <clears throat> but obviously, he was also in Sequest, and uh, obviously. obviously, obviously, I've never even heard of that. <laughs> um, and I think probably like this was like before I was interested in him, but he definitely got me to go back and watch the It miniseries. Hmm. Um, so, like, maybe that launched my love of horror. We'll never know. Mm-hmm. But, um, unfortunately, he did die by suicide, so he is no longer with us. R.I.P. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that was my first celeb crush. So, I guess if I were looking in the mirror, that's who would come see me, and I would be like, I loved you and Ladybugs. Hey, good for you for having a celeb crush on an age-appropriate. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, he's still older than me. How old do you think I am? Still, I mean, he was a child in some of the movies that you mentioned. Yes, like Neverending. Oh, Neverending Story two. That was another one. Love that. Yep. Wait, just the second one? Yeah, just the second one. He, he's not in the first one, right? No, they had a different different actor in the second yeah. one, and it was Jonathan Brandis. I see. Um, I definitely have seen the second one. But the second movie is actually the second half of the book. Yeah. Because the first movie is only the first half of the book, so. Oh. It's canon. <laughs> this is Mary Kay. Um, mine is going to sound like I made it up because it fits so well with this book. Is it Tom um, Cruise? No. Oh, ew. No. But I know that that's is a bullet bashful? point later, and I am going to go. I don't. Okay. I'm going to save it, but 
It's really I hard for me to tamp that down right now that I <laughs> I, I really want to, like, I could spend this whole episode just talking about that question. So we will yeah. get there. Yeah. For sure. Okay. It's not Tom Cruise. But y'all remember the move, the 1999, The Mummy, the, the good oh, yeah. one? Mm-hmm. Um, Brennan Fraser. No, the guy with the face tattoos. <laughs> the one who's like, you might have killed us all. Like, and he, then yeah. he comes in and saves the day and he rides on the wing of an airplane and it's like, yes, that, that's what I want. <laughs> um, that's, that was my first celebrity crush. I was too young to see the movie and my stepdad snuck me in and I was like, hmm. He is really hot. He's still yeah. hot. Like I looked him up when I remembered him and I was like, he's just got white hair now. He looks the same. Yeah, I remember watching The Mummy a couple years ago, and I was like, oh, Brendan Fraser's so hot, and yeah. oh, Rachel Weisz is so hot. Yeah. Everybody yeah. in this movie's so hot. And then we got to him, and I was like, whoa, he's really hot, too. Yeah, they really <laughs> were like, we, yeah. That Everyone in that movie has casting. to be hot. The, ca- <laughs> the casting yeah. director was just really horny. It is yeah. a bisexual nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Dream. Or dream, yes. Yes. <laughs> um. Great answers, everyone. Very surprising mm-hmm. answers from some. <laughs> I think we know who <laughs> who the some are. Um, it was Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was shocked that Kelly was sexually aroused by Edward Scissorhands. That really surprised me. Yeah, <laughs> no one saw it that one coming. Perfectly. Um, yeah, okay, so this will all make sense as we start talking about this book. Um, but first, we're going to read the Goodreads summary. I'm um, so excited for you to read this copy, by the way. I was reading oh it my God. when I didn't hear it. I was like, this is so juicy. Who did this? <laughs> Mary, <laughs> Mary Kay, do you want to read it? As no, I guest? want you to read it. You want no, me to read I can't, it? <laughs> I can't pronounce any French words at all, oh, yeah. ever. Let's it hear just, your French, Emily. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I just want to preface this by saying I took very little French, and it was uh, all in, like, a summer for grad school for translation. I don't know, Susan, if yeah. you took that class as well. Mary it wasn't took really class a with a, speaking with French class. It really, no, yeah. it wasn't speaking French. It was more just like learn how to translate. It wasn't text. really a reading French class. <laughs> no, it was yeah. more like, let's put this through Google Translate and make it make sense. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. It, yeah, it was like how to use Google Translate <laughs> a little bit better than if you just put it right in. And mm-hmm. it was like, put it in, learn how to correct it a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Learn how a verb works. A 500 level class, my friends. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Really. Yes. Uh, yeah. Just so we can all read French, of course, now. And that's yes. more French than I know. So so, so watch me. Yeah. Watch me do this. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Show us what you got, Emily. Let's do it. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna take back my PhD after I read this. <laughs> um, okay. For as long as she can remember, Belle has been insidiously obsessed with her skin and skincare videos. When her estranged mother, Noelle, mysteriously dies, Belle finds herself back in Southern California, dealing with her mother's considerable debts and grappling with lingering questions about her death. The stakes escalate when a strange woman in, a strange woman in red appears at the funeral, offering a tantalizing clue about her mother's demise, followed by a cryptic video about a transformative spa experience. With the help of a pair of red shoes. Man, this is just the whole book. Mm-hmm. Okay. With the help of a pair of red shoes, Belle is lured into the barbed embrace of Les Ma- La Maison 
de Meduse, the same lavish coffee spa to which her mother was devoted. There, Belle discovers the frightening secret behind her and her mother's obsession with the mirror and the great shivering depths and demons that lurk on the other side of the glass. Snow White. I thought you were going to do a French accent for the whole thing. No, absolutely not. Um, Snow White meets Eyes Wide Shut in the surreal... I okay okay. Before we go on, I just want to say Snow White shout out eyes wide shut in this cell. <laughs> shout out to Tom into. Cruise in this description, yeah. <laughs> right? Wow. Snow White meets Eyes Wide Shut, starring Tom Cruise, in this surreal descent into the dark side of beauty, envy, grief, and the complicated love between mothers and daughters. With black humor and seductive horror, Rouge explores the cult-like nature of the beauty industry as well as the danger of internalizing its pitiless gaze. Bringing with California sunshine and blood red rose petals, Rouge holds up a warped mirror to our relationship with mortality, our collective fixation with the surface, and the wondrous deep longing that might lie beneath. I mean, this person, this writer, was really doing a lot. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I mean, this is. The I, wondrous deep longing I that think- might lie beneath. <laughs> You sound I like the audiobook this, narrative. Um, truly. <laughs> I think this is a good description. It's kind of just the plot. Yeah. In with fact, some details I would have rather just read that description. Wow. Susan's going to... Coming uh, out the gate. Yeah. I regret to inform you that I disagree, Susan. So No, I already know you disagree, and that's okay. I've cut yeah. myself for it. Yeah, yeah. Susan think- texted me trying to talk shit, and I was like, "Sorry, girl." Well, I wasn't trying. I was, <laughs> I was putting out a feeler to see if I was alone. And Kelly, okay. Susan texted me, and I was happy to talk. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I was like, and "I was like, you're right, alone." Kelly didn't take the bait. I'm going to move on to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this is going to be a split crowd today, which should be exciting. Um, we'll see if it breaks up the podcast. No! <laughs> Our last episode. Um, because as Susan told us last time, uh, her book club no longer meets after trying to read Bunny, right? Oh, no, yeah. it wasn't me. What I One of my friends Or no, told your me friend's that, book club. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I didn't like, feel that. Jokingly credits Bunny with like the end of her book club. I didn't feel that intense about it. I will say Bunny <laughs> is weirder than this one. So I haven't, I haven't read Bunny, so I cannot comment yeah. on Bunny. But now I don't know. Ma- I maybe Mary Kay will feel differently. But I think if this was too weird for you, then maybe like don't read Bunny. Oh no, it wasn't. Too it weird. wasn't the weirdness, but we'll get there. We'll get there. I can handle okay. weird. Okay. So let's talk about it. Spoilers, Spoilers. are coming. Spoilers are coming. Trigger warning, so. Tom Cruise. Trigger warning, Tom Cruise. Lots of Tom Cruise. Um, Yeah, let's talk genre. Um, Not that genre is everything, but I think it's a good entry point into this book because when I was trying to, like, describe it to people, that's, like, the first thing they ask is, like, is it fantasy? Is it horror? Like, what's happening? Um, Lots of fairy tale elements happening in this book that I want to talk about as well. I just want to also say I read one Goodreads review that called this a retelling of Beauty and the Beast, which like made Mm -mm. me really fucking mad because I'm like, did this person read the book or did they just see the name Belle? That one. (laughs) Yeah. The (laughs) latter. (laughs) (laughs) 
So yeah, it's um, definitely not Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, the Beast not- is actually played by Tom Cruise. That's true. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe a big stretch. Um, so yeah, like what? What would you say this is, genre wise? Well, if it's going to be a retelling of anything, it feels much closer to Snow White, obviously. Yeah, like hints of Snow White. Yeah, broad strokes of Snow White. Right, but I would I would call it a fairy. T- it feels mo- most like a fairy tale to me. With like horror elements, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's I would fairy say you tale. can't have a fairy tale without horror elements. I That's would say what I was that's gonna accurate. say. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah. like, I think this is fairy tale in the way and horror in the way that like all fairy tale is really like horror. Yeah, um, and I think I wouldn't say this is a retelling of any specific fairy tale. I think mm-hmm. there are a lot of different nods to different fairy tales and mythology in this, which I think would be interesting to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, I know we've already mentioned Snow White. I don't know if there were other things people were picking up on that they want to talk about. I mean, there's definitely the red shoes. The Hans, isn't it Hans Christian Andersen? Yeah. I um, think so. That dance her to death. Except for these, I can't tell if they're like chaotic neutral, where they're like take her to the house, but they will not let her get up the steps. You know, yeah. like um, so that was weird and kind of fun. And also, they were her mom's that doesn't wear the same size as hers. So we have like a mm-hmm. sisterhood of the traveling shoes yeah. thing <laughs> happening. Yeah, which I think is cool. Um, Motherhood of the traveling shoes. That's the yes. Oh, I was right there. I missed it. <laughs> Do I dare bring up the phrase magical realism? <laughs> I, I feel like this, it's just fully magical. I don't right? think it is magical realism, really. But parts of it, like the shoes and the bracelet not coming off, it just, it, and they were just like, oh, we can't explain this. It's really weird. Felt kind of magical. I don't know. I also kept thinking of this book not as a mystery, but a book very concerned with a core mystery of what's going on in this um, cult. <laughs> I get that cult. noir vibe where it's like an old yeah. Hollywood movie kind of. Yes, yeah, that's more like because everyone's than, like yeah. formal dressed and the guy is hot, but like not hot enough, I guess, for this cult. Yeah. Um, what's his name? He looks again? like Monty. Todd Hudson. Thank you. Yes, I knew it was something that was ridiculous. Very noir <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when you said noir, I immediately thought of that character because I was like, yeah, we've got yeah. like this, like. Yeah. He's like, like a detective. detective. What is it? Like a detective of beauty. Of beauty named yeah. Hud Hudson. Yeah. When he says his name is Hud Hudson and she's like, are you serious? <laughs> is that are really sure? Um, other fairy tales, I I didn't see any that I can remember other, like, Western fairy tales, but there's a lot of Egyptian mythology worked mm-hmm. into this, where it's kind of like, if you know, you know, but it doesn't necessarily distract if you don't, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. No, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And I think that, um, and we'll probably talk about this more when we talk about the mom and about beauty standards and stuff, but I think... All of the like nods to her Egyptian heritage are really interesting because she's like she's been raised by like a white woman pretty much like yeah. um, and uh, 
her mom kind of like tries to own that heritage as well in a weird way mm-hmm. that like feels really uncomfy <laughs> and tell her how she should feel about it yeah definitely yes i also just wanted to know what y'all made of okay seth he's the god that eats yeah. the hearts that don't balance out against the feathers right mhm okay but they're eating their own heart or whatever soul jellyfish not him, exactly. Or is it, like, in tri- tribute? Like, what's the link there? I couldn't quite connect the circle, I think. That makes yeah, sense. I was, yeah, no, no, I was struggling sense. with that, too, uh, as far as... Because, like, he is, like, their special guest at this dinner. Mm-hmm. Right. So then... He doesn't seem particularly interested in eating any of the jellyfish. Yeah. Which is interesting. I can make, maybe it's a retelling of that, too, then, where it just doesn't fit. It doesn't yeah. have to. It's like enough of an illusion to work on its own. The name yeah. in itself is enough of an illusion to make you think about it. Yeah. It made me sad when she lost her dad's bracelet when it came off in the yeah. Stacy's garden or whatever. I was like, well, now your grandma's going to baptize you. Hope mm-hmm. you're happy, kid. Because she knows the devil got in you or something. I don't know. I just, the grandma was maybe one of my favorites. Yeah. And we can talk about that She's too. Scary. I think like when we're talking about, I, I mean, one of the things this book is dealing with as well as just like relationships between mothers mm-hmm. and daughters. And I think grandma is a big part of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if we want to move to that now or if, we want to talk about something else first. I mean, we could talk about relationships and then loop back to beauty stuff because I do want to yeah, talk about I think, stuff. Yeah, I think they're really connected. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. I think I want to, I think a lot of the beauty standard stuff is directly related to mm-hmm. her relationship with her mom, as it is for all of us, I would argue. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, let's talk about the mother daughter relationships in this book um, because at the core of this, this is like kind of what we were saying earlier. There is a mystery. And part of that mystery is like, she comes home to deal with the passing of her mother and kind of like coming to terms with like her relationship with her mom and like what's going on with her mom now. And like, we, we get some revelations about like things that happened with her and her mom in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, so what do we make of all this? Did we relate at all? I'm in this picture and I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's how I felt yeah. for a lot of it. Yeah. I think this character reminded me, Noelle, the mother character, reminded me of my mom a lot in certain ways. Um, not only because the physical description of her sounded a lot like what my mom looks like, especially what my mom looked like when I was like younger. I have this picture of her that I'll send you guys later that I mm-hmm. sent to Emily earlier that like my mom sent me a couple days ago. It was like an old picture. And I was like, this is literally just the mom in the book <laughs> I'm reading. She has like her dyed dark red hair and she's wearing red lipstick and she just looks so beautiful. And, and her hair is like all blown out and like very. Yeah. Yeah. Are it's we going to pass she... around mom glamour shots after this? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. We should. Oh my God. Can we post mom glamour shots on the yes. Instagram feed so everyone can see our moms? 
I'm going to have to give my mom some notice because she's going to have a lot of thoughts about which photos work and which don't. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, My mom is very concerned with aging and Mm -hmm. always has been. Um, And like, especially lately, like as she actually is getting older, like she's in her 70s now, you know, she um, every time she like looks at a picture of herself recently or even like looks in the mirror she's like oh god I look so old like Uh. it's just like a constant like and then she you know will say to me like and has always kind of said to me like growing up like you're so beautiful like Mm -hmm. you look so and like now she's like you're so young you're so lucky like stuff like that um and also like the flip side of that too of like once I started growing up and was less like, you know, a like extremely thin little, you know, stick of a person. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm still, don't get me wrong, a, you know, small person, but my mom definitely was like my mom also like very thin and would like notice these things and and make comments and mm-hmm. you know, was always very concerned about like what Um, what I'm wearing out like are you gonna go out in that like and she's the type of person who like makes sure she has all her makeup on and she looks very nice even if she's just going to the grocery store like she's not ever going to look um, not presentable Um, so yeah I don't know just like but like I also have a very close relationship with my mom and like always have had that as well so this sort of like the push and pull of feeling you know, close and loved by someone and cared for by someone, but also seeing the ways in which the things that they think about themselves, like, affect you, even if they're trying their best to not, like, push that onto you. They still are. And then sometimes they do it, you know, pretty obviously trying to push it onto you. Um, But I, I felt like that that relationship was extremely effective and became even more like meaningful. And um, like by the end of the book, I was like really extremely touched by the way that things sort of played out in that relationship, Um, especially with all of the things that are obviously left unsaid and unexplored between two people when one of them is gone. Yeah, I mean, I think I definitely identified with the mother-daughter relationship, too, for, like, similar reasons. Um, and I I, I will go ahead and say, I feel like we always have to say this whenever we are discussing a book about race. I am a white person. Yes. <laughs> so I cannot speak to what it must feel like to be a woman of color and have a white mother who really pushes the standards of white beauty mm-hmm. um, in a very like aggressive way. Um, and like so much of, I think so much of what this book is dealing with in terms of like their relationship is like that struggle of like, you know, her saying like, Oh, like this is what looks good except like you're fine because you look like this it's sort of like contradicting herself like with the way like she talks about herself versus like what she says 
to um, Belle. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm making sense. I think no, you are. it does. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes, I was joking with Emily. I was like, I'm going to use this phrase the whole time. As a woman of color, I think. <laughs> um, I am. I, my main thing is, as a woman of color, I'm really glad that my mom was the one who was Arab. Because yeah. can you imagine this hair if I didn't know what to do with it? <laughs> Insane. Like, not, not in a good, like... Not in a good, like, Diana Ross, very full, mm-hmm. you know, fun, flowy, but, like, Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana, where you used mm-hmm. all the products but the wrong way. Like, so really glad that she helped me there. But I can definitely um, remember that specific hairbrush with the rhinestones in the back that did not work on my hair. Like, it was just, like, the regular horse hair bristles, and you can't, first of all. Yeah, you can't. Anyone listening, if you have curly hair, you can't brush it when it's dry, period. Mm-mm. It will just be a disaster. And it has to be like the either a wide tooth comb or if you have really fine hair, it has to be the wig brush, right, with the little balls on the end so you don't just, you know, gore yourself to death. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely am glad for that. And I can't only imagine, like, I mean, I feel like we're, we can all identify with this relationship so much because that's what we do as women in this culture is, like, so much of what, matters about us is our beauty to other really other women if you think about it like because these Mm -hmm. guys are not paying attention with the exception of like hud hudson they don't care about this kind of shit usually um so i think that's really interesting that they that she nailed it like in the first scene with her mom like getting cute in front of a you know the threefold like (laughs) science fair mirror Mm -hmm. that she gave her for christmas right and she's telling her a story about this beautiful maiden to like this pudgy brown little girl and she's like no what are you kidding me like i would love to have your skin and hair and it's like would you i have no mm-hmm. evidence of that mm-hmm. you know like, it doesn't feel you look genuine. like this right and it might have been right it might have been but it wouldn't have felt that way to no. you know a nine or ten year old um yeah. And then I also want to say one thing about, I know, like, I'm not going to go too far into a personal anecdote, but the chapter after that flashback, when she's talking about, like, taking care of the skin on her neck, mm-hmm. definitely have had that lecture. But, like, yeah. you got to put lotion scalp to toe. Don't forget about your neck. Do not forget about your neck because it is the huge tell. <laughs> yeah, it's the tell. That's like how you can tell like someone's actual age because everybody will get the work and take care of their face and forget about their neck. Like you got to put sunscreen on your neck too. Which anyway, yeah. Because who, who thinks about it? You know, like yeah, not me. I'm not looking at my neck. I don't think about it. right. I'm, I'm yeah. looking at my neck lately, though. I'll tell you that. Um, but now, yeah. Wishing that someone had told me that stuff sooner. But. <laughs> well, maybe if your mom had been a little more vain, Susan, then. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, so it was my grandmother who would have to tell my mom and me mm. to put sunscreen on, period. Like, every, and, yeah. and, like, her skin still looks amazing, and she's in her late 80s. Like, she's wrinkle-free in the forehead and has never had anything done to it. I got Botox last week because <laughs> I did not listen when she would tell me what not to do with my face. And mm-hmm. I would be like, whatever, I'm expressive. And she would say, I'm going to put a piece of scotch tape on your forehead. So that when you oh yeah, my mom does that. Your eyebrows, you will feel it. But I, 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 I wasn't having any of it, and now look at me, Botox. Oh my gosh, 
but my neck. <laughs> God, look at her. Story. No, I mean, now look at me. I'm over here getting Botox. Not like, now look oh, at okay. me. I'm hideous. <laughs> I would like to blame that on the fads of like the early 2000s where we were all supposed to bake to death in a tanning bed. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. that's your fault. That definitely affected the neck, I'm sure. Because <laughs> I was part of that. Um, back on the subject of like the difference between her being brown and her mom being white, I, I actually read this article, um, a, an essay that Mona Awad wrote about her dad on Father's Day like a couple of years ago. Um, and her life situation is extremely similar to mm-hmm. the one in the story in that her mom is white, her dad is Egyptian, and for much of her childhood, they he was not really in her life and they didn't have much of a relationship. Um, it seems that they like have more of a relationship now that mm-hmm. she's older, which is obviously different than this story. Um, but it's, it really speaks to how, you know, true to life that feels obviously because it is yeah. her lived experience. Um, and it's interesting too, because even in this article, it, there's a reference of her mom wearing an Egyptian caftan, like, and gold Mm -hmm. bracelets and stuff, this white woman, um, which is kind of interesting to read about. So I can link that in the Yes, please. I would like to read that. I also, I can't blame anyone for wanting to wear a caftan though. I mean. Well, yeah. (laughs) Right. They're the best. You can get just a caftan. You're like, it doesn't have to be themed. Right. You're right. You have to be themed. Um, I even aside from race, I thought a lot about how women just pass bad body image things down from generation Mm -hmm. to generation, and it's just a vicious cycle. Um, I, I like literally was thinking about this today because. My grandmother was lecturing me about weight and how I can't gain any weight or else things will happen, bad things. And I'm like, you know, I live with my grandmother part part of the time I was growing up and she had the same idea then. And it was really like damaging to me and my relationship with my body and food. But then I also watched my mom, even though she never explicitly said anything like that to me, she was constantly dieting. And she was the one that's like, oh, I have to drink Diet Coke. I can't drink regular Coke because of the Mm -hmm. calories. You know, like just things she did also ingrained that same message. And it's not great. No. Right. Same. I can really love it as well. I think um, the 90s and the 2000s were a really rough time diet culture wise, especially. Um, so just like, in fact, like Kelly and I were just talking about this earlier because like, I think um, there are all these celebrities. If you look back at like the 90s and 2000s, like growing up, this is kind of an aside, but all these celebrities that you're like, Wow, at the time I thought they were like so pretty, but now I realize mm-hmm. they all had eating disorders. Yeah. Um, but all of that to say, like, I think like, you know, I'm I'm looking at my mom, looking up to my mom in the nineties and the two thousands at a time when like diet culture was like mm-hmm. really intense. 
And, like, we had diet pills in the house. Yeah. It's like, you know, like, and that was just, like, normal. I took a 100-calorie snack pack to lunch every yeah. day. Right. You just eat two of them. That's what I would do. Yeah. No, I was not allowed to eat two of them. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I, yeah, that was a bit, like, and, like, the no-fat craze was, like, yeah. huge. And, like, it was just a bad time. And so, like. Snack well. <laughs> yeah. I think. Those like, were good, though. Yeah. Growing up during yeah. that time, and I'm assuming that this character is also growing up during that time, just based mm-hmm. on the Tom Cruise movies that she yeah mentioned. Yeah. Um, it was a rough. I time. think she said she was like early 40s when this was happening. Yeah, Does that so. sound right? Like maybe 40. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I I think it's interesting that this book is like we are like talking about weight and diet stuff now, but like the book is much more focused, I think on uh, aging. Yes. Um, Yes. Which is like an interesting sort of thing to think about. I think in, in the modern era, Mm -hmm. because I feel like particularly with beauty influencers on TikTok and stuff like that, like we are developing much more of, or trying to at least, I feel, developing more of a positive or at least, you know, body neutrality, you know, more of a neutral relationship with... Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, (laughs) Popularly in the consciousness, though, whether or not that's actually in our brains is another thing because also what we grew up with. It's in our consciousness, but still, like, everybody is using these Instagram filters that completely, like, smooth out their faces... Well, right. and and so that's what I like that as well as just this obsession with skincare, which um, is really a lot of what this book is about. The you know you YouTuber that um, the main character Belle is watching, mm-hmm. and just you know these like insane like fourteen step skincare routines that people are doing on TikTok, and, and you have all these all like these middle different... school girls who are like buying these like anti aging yes. skincare Expensive. products at Sephora and like drunk elephants. Meanwhile, after reading this book, I was like, I probably should get like an actual moisturizer. <laughs> I have a lot of skincare stuff, and and so I think I also kind of connected to this book on that level of like being a person who has always had. Not like issues with my skin. Like yeah. I had, you know, pretty bad acne when I was in middle and high school, and so I've always been hyper aware of my skin. And so I do, I do have a skincare routine. I have a morning routine and a nighttime routine. Um, and I have, you know, I have a toner and a hydrating serum and retinol. And I don't have a cloud mist, unfortunately. A jelly. I do have a jelly. Good. Um, Good. <laughs> And I have I have some snail mucin products. Can you link all of these in the notes too. so we can go coffee? <laughs> we need, yes. We need in the mood board Kelly's skincare routine. Skincare routine. <laughs> Just list it out. Yeah. That you too can have occasional acne on your jaw. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> hormonal but acne. That's we where love I get it, it too. Yeah. It's that hormonal acne. We and lately, it's better than it what it used to be, which was literally my entire face. Um, so, you know, I finally stopped having, a- like, full face acne mm-hmm. when I was in my, you know, mid-20s. Uh, <laughs> the but time you anyway, wanted to stop. <laughs> right. But I feel like, like there is this real, like, hyper fixation on our skin care and what our skin looks like as we are supposedly attempting to to drift away from an obsession with our bodies mm-hmm. and our weight 
there there doesn't seem to be the same kind of like maybe we shouldn't care so much about what our skin is going to end up mm-hmm. looking like and i think like par- uh, something that's kind of interesting is the idea that like because your skin shows your age and aging means you're closer to death so there's this whole other fear not just of yeah. being perceived as as unattractive or whatever but this fear of like I'm actually going to die. And like if I can see that on my face, then it's scary. It's scary. Yeah. You know? But also you can get a bunch of work done or take really good care of your skin or just have really good skin genetically. Yeah. You're still gonna die. <laughs> and I think that's like part of what it is, is that like this desperation to yeah. avoid the inevitable because you really can't you can't it's coming for you mm-hmm. it's coming for all of us yeah, i thought it was fine. interesting too that like at least in in this book like you were saying it's on focused on like not aging and they the only makeup they ever mentioned is that bright red lipstick mm-hmm. right I that was really cool where it's like and that's clearly fake like mm-hmm. like we're three of the five of us are wearing red lipstick and it's like Red lipstick, like I'm point, like I can point yeah. it out, you know, really easily, and that's yeah. the point is that it's an artifice. But it's, I thought that was odd because I feel like a lot of the time, um, in other novels, they're focused on like how you're made up rather than what you, right. what your skin is doing. I guess so. Right. It's just an interesting. I mean, that's thing. even like a trend right now because i feel like if we go back to 2016 it's like how dark can you make your eyebrows totally how sculpted how's your contour and now it's more like the natural skin look Mm -hmm. or the clean the clean clean girl girl aesthetic or like a glowy what is it it's like cloud skin skin. (laughs) yeah whatever cry all day and then your face will just be naturally puffy and Beautiful, with no makeup. Yeah. Salt in your tears acts as a toner. Yeah, this is no right. no makeup, Same just right tears. <laughs> but like the, I guess maybe the red lip is sort of a a nod to vitality, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, I think red obviously is really port- important in this book. It's in the title. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, it's, it's the every shoes. six words. It's it's the name of the freaking. <laughs> beauty cult which we haven't gotten to really talk about Mm -hmm. yet but i mean like i think part of it too is just like the symbolism of red being like this thing that's like kind of dangerous kind of symbolizes life and death at the same time i think red red evokes a lot of like emotions yes it's sexy it's dangerous but yeah can we just say like bell's mom was getting it yeah yeah (laughs) With everyone, and that's another reason I'm in this picture, and I don't like it. Oh, no. <laughs> I, too, have been left home alone while my mom goes on dates. Same here. While my mom goes out to the club with, yeah. her, with her buddies. Yeah. I did Completely not Completely ignoring that, you. Justin yeah. did. Yes, I did not, ex- for the record, I did not experience that either. Oh, that's fine. But I was with my dad on the weekends, so I don't know. Yeah, so you <laughs> did experience. She was probably you might have missed it, for sure. But I, did, <laughs> but she, I didn't. But know. you didn't have to see it, so right. I didn't yeah. have to see it, so it's like it never happened. I feel like even when my mom was like before she was married and stuff, she was not 
at the club. Whatever. Both of my parents were huge sluts. <laughs> Let the I love that. And I love, I love that, that for, for them. them. For sure. How else do you think I was born? <laughs> <laughs> the sluttiest slut of all. Our parents all had to get slutty at least one time for us to be here. So That's yeah. right. There you go. Yeah, yes, but when they're slutty only. together, is it that slutty? If they're like I mean, still you're, together. You're always oh. being slutty with somebody, you know? <laughs> It's a state of mind. Yeah. (laughs) It takes two to be slutty, is what I'm saying. Slutty is an attitude. I was probably a lot sluttier than both of them. (laughs) I hope I've made them proud that way. (laughs) They walk so you could run. Yeah. I don't even know what we're talking about now. (laughs) We were talking about red and how like how vibrant it is. Red is also slutty. To get your champagne to be red and what does that taste like? Is it yeah. like pennies or is it like strawberries? Well, they, <laughs> they, they, they make sparkling red wine, so. Yeah. Well, they kept talking about the pomegranate water, um, which yeah. did sound good to me. It does sound good. Yeah, but I, every time they said something, I was like, I don't know that that's what this is. <laughs> right. Is that's it true. pomegranates or yeah. drugs? Yeah. Pomegranates, though, to... also a like vitality yeah. and fertility yeah mm-hmm. also the Thanks. fruit of knowledge not an apple pomegranate we jews love the pomegranate it's a big symbol for us yeah, yeah. we also just need to acknowledge that our narrator is very unreliable in the truest sense um so mm-hmm. everything that she says i think we have to um kind of unpack Even the basics of what's happening at times in the book are like, oh, she's not well. She's just hallucinating. And like, we know that as the reader. We're like, oh, yeah, this is. We know that as the reader, but then you still have to kind of like. Stop and think. Puzzle out like, okay, those are not her sisters. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, who is this? Is it her sisters? Is it her reflection? Oh, no, it's the mannequins. It's just mannequins. (laughs) Her corpse sisters, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did yeah. enjoy all the wordplay. I like I when she has the aphasia at the yeah, end. Where when, she's like pulling yeah, up like the actual words. right words, yeah. but not the word she meant to say. But sometimes that was she, really just, cool. she just wouldn't fix it at all. Like she was like, I killed him on the lips. Yes. And the yeah. first time she fixes it, and then she's like, that's, that's He killed where I me killed deeply. Him. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Susan, why don't you you want to get your feelings out now? I can hear. I don't uh, even some... think I'm gonna be able to like say anything that like intelligent about why I don't why I didn't like it. I just like did not enjoy the experience. It felt slow to me in in huge chunks, and I would be like, I'm loving the atmosphere. I'm loving sort of the vibe of what's going on, but I need it to happen a little faster. I can't take credit for this because it was like someone else's review, but it was something I saw that really hit home, which was Mm -hmm. that it feels like you wake up every morning and someone is telling you their dream, but the dream is boring and it doesn't really make any sense to you. But you just have to listen to it for a long time. This is probably tied every morning. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely get that it feels like someone is telling you their dream. 
But I think for me, I was sort of, I felt like I was also in the dream and I was sort Uh of like wrapped up in it. So it worked for me in that way. And like, I also see how, like, I I think I have, usually I, things are not, I don't usually find stuff slow that often. Um, I, I think I have like a higher tolerance for like a, a slower pace. Mm-hmm. I think maybe there were there were sections that felt a little bit repetitive at times here. Yeah. Um like particularly I think the parts that I if I struggled it was sort of in the sections where I knew like it was clear that she was you know not in her right mind and she was, you know, out doing stuff mm-hmm. around town and we all know that she's not okay and everyone's like she's acting crazy and there are like some portions where I'm like this could have been you know a page instead of five pages of her at the dress store you mm-hmm. know being crazy I, I don't <laughs> Sylvia say crazy, says but, you know. I'm gonna call the police a lot of times yeah and she does not call the police <laughs> just, because yeah. you should not call the police when someone is being crazy and not you know, harming. Yeah, yeah but America, it's a lot of threatening. <laughs> okay. I just needed to just throw that out there. Don't call the police. <laughs> yeah, I'm not <laughs> pro calling the police on someone having like a mental break. Right. But yeah. it right. seemed like forever she just stood there saying, I'm going to call the police if you don't leave. I'm going to do it. I'm going right. to call them. She doesn't know how else to um, threaten a person. Yeah. So. And she also doesn't actually want to call them because she's no. like, I care about this person but as i was Um, reading i was like okay yeah do it or don't i don't mind i don't necessarily mind something being slow i like plenty of books that are slower reads i don't really mind when something is like destabilizing feeling but i have to be like interested in what's happening while being destabilized and i was just feeling like where am i and why and how did i get here and some of I, I feel like some of the um, like symbolism and like allusions to things were getting heavy handed after the like fifth time, and then mm-hmm. I was getting upset. So that's all. Yeah, I will also say part of my displeasure was with the audiobook, <laughs> okay. which was not a bad audiobook, but there's a lot of French accents. Yes. <laughs> And yeah. there's a lot of man voice. There's a lot. Oh, so you both listened to the audiobook? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a Libro FM. Yeah. Well, listen. I, I do think. That was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. In, in the book's defense, I probably would have had a better experience yeah. reading it. Would I have I rated listened, it the I did same? Both. No, maybe. I don't know. I just, but it would have been I listened to the audiobook and I liked it. So. Um, it's not bad. It is just. Not my particular thing. As a person who's picky about audiobooks. Yeah. Yeah. She was she was always like Bill. (laughs) Like it was so guttural. As a person who's picky about audiobooks, I know I would not have liked that. So uh, I'm really glad I didn't. And Hud Hudson had a real man voice. (laughs) I just kind of wish that I had read the real book because I think the cover is really it's I think it's a really pretty book and I'm like it hey, is. I kind of wish I, that I had it you know because um, I, I like the way that it looks 
um, which I know Kelly wants to talk about, but I'm going to save that for the end. I will say I tried to read the book, but I'm in one of those places where my brain is too busy. And so I got to listen and do something else, like listen and crochet or something. So I think also it might be my current brain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think like, I think it sounds like it's a kind of personal, a personal taste thing of like what you find interesting too. Cause it's like, cause I never felt like I felt grounded the whole time. Like I don't, I don't feel like I was like confused about where we were even when it was like, or like why? Yeah. When I say, where am I? I, I don't I wasn't confused about like where I was or what was happening, but but more of the why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of felt like the why was working for me for the most part. And I think like up until for the first two thirds I was like positive on it. And for me, like the ending really like brought it home in a way that felt satisfying. Um, like and made me very emotional. Um, Mm. I am on my period, so (laughs) there's that. Speaking of red, um, but I, like, cried a lot at the end of this book, um, Mm. which I haven't, like, been emotionally affected by a book in quite a while. Um, I think it was a lot, like, how, how much the mother-daughter dynamic was, feeling personal for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about the ending? Yeah. Before we talk about Tom Cruise? <laughs> oh, God. Yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm the ending... I'm to talk about Tom Cruise. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, just, you know, the ending, it, the whole book, she's kind of been trying to figure out, or not even necessarily trying to figure out, but being drawn into this place and... Um, we are trying to figure out like what is going on or what's going to happen. She it's ends clearly up bad. having her yes, clearly bad. Clearly bad. People tell her it's gonna be bad. She's like, I'm yeah. doing it anyway. Like Gotta look her beautiful. third and final treatment at this um spa mansion hell house um happens. And all of these treatments have essentially been extractions of like dark and painful secrets or memories which essentially create a jellyfish slash soul creature um that then like removes you of kind of your impurities and makes you kind of thoughtless and free but really it's just you know basically taking out your life and then feeding it to this council of terrifying mm-hmm. hooded figures who are just feeding on um life like souls uh mm-hmm. souls kind of and trauma of the souls mm-hmm. yes well because what is a soul if not a collection of traumas mm-hmm. um so she Preach. gets to this that, that dinner <laughs> <laughs> She gets to this dinner um, and doesn't fully know what's going on, but there is a jellyfish. And, like, I I also just have to say that, like, the way that this place is described visually is so cool and, like, vivid to me. And I also clearly evil. 
What is it? Very she, clearly evil. But I want to go there so bad. <laughs> she kept saying instead of served, she said severed or Sever. what was Severed. It? Uh-huh. Se- yeah. Yeah. She kept saying like, but when like, are we going to get severed? But she meant served. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. the the way that the mansion is described in like all of these, like this big kind of aquarium tank that goes up through the center of mm-hmm. like the ballroom up through the dining room it's also down in the basement which is like where the jellyfish enter in the first place um and it's just full of these like pulsating freakish blood red jellyfish is so such a cool and um just visceral image to me sign me um up. yeah it sounds <laughs> fucking awesome obviously bad not good but um i want to see it but if so, you can just go look at it <laughs> i want to look at it but um, there's one jellyfish is following her around through the tank, and she's like, and her little friend that she makes at the dinner, or the who's kind of been around the whole time, this woman mm-hmm. who's also getting her treatments is like, that jellyfish likes you. It has a crush on you. <laughs> um, and eventually she realizes that at this dinner, what they're doing is catching their own, that one person gets chosen, they catch their sole jellyfish, and then that jellyfish gets fed to this council and as they eat it it's like they're eating you and consuming you and then you are gone mm-hmm. um but only you can catch your own fit jellyfish that is created of your soul to then give to them it really seems like they don't know it's gonna be so bad for them no they're because they're also eroded yeah, their brains are not really working, and they're kind of in a place of, like, just floating along and accepting everything that happens, and also feeling like they're constantly going to be given this gift of beauty and youth, which is, like, the reason that they came here mm-hmm. in the first place. Um, and so they – she realizes, Belle realizes that um, there's there's two jellyfish and one of them is her mom's jellyfish that never got shared because her mom died before it could happen. But that jellyfish is very special and they Mm -hmm. want both. They want the mom's jellyfish and her jellyfish. So she goes to try to catch them, but they won't get in the net. And it basically turns out that the mom, her mom, her mom's jellyfish is like protecting her. Um, And so she kind of is sort of, in a little bit of her right mind and is able to say, no, I don't want to do this. And they're like, LOL. Okay. Well, that's not how this works. <laughs> you gotta, <laughs> <laughs> you have to. And then she ends up stepping backwards and kind of falling into this tank and the mama jellyfish absorbs baby jellyfish and then kind of like wraps itself around her and pushes her down into the water and all the jellyfish go with her, and then they go down under the water. They manage to get out to, like, the grate that would open to the ocean. But they can't because they're jellyfish, and they don't have fingers to undo the lock. <laughs> so now they, <laughs> they have a human person who with can undo fingers. the lock. The You're fingers. Free, jellyfish. <laughs> so she frees the jellyfish, and then she washes up on the shore with her mother, the jellyfish, and, um, you know, says goodbye. Um, and that's kind of you know, her beginning to accept her mother's death and the the final moments of the book are just her kind of like get it, going back into being alive and mm-hmm. figuring out what sh- her next steps are and everything. 
So that's mm-hmm. the end of the book. I, but the stuff... Sorry. Oh, wait, go ahead. I was just going to say I did like the jellyfish protecting daughter jellyfish. Yes. I liked that the ending. resonate to you as a mom? As a girl mom? As a girl Yes, mom. and that was the only thing. No, I'm just kidding. But I did really like that. So I'm just saying it wasn't all terrible. Yeah. There was jellyfish That was love. what really got me uh, crying. I so. think, again, like I'm reading it through my own personal lens, but the whole yeah. part where she's like, my mom was protecting me because nobody protected her. I was like, your mom like left you for a long time with your weird grandma. And and even though her mom was like, and I loved you so much and I missed you. I was like, okay, but you left. Yeah. I think, I think like what we're supposed to kind of take away from that is that her mom left because she felt she was doing her a favor in a way because the thing that Belle had done to her mother was born of a problem that Noelle, the mother, like, instilled Mm -hmm. in her daughter. And I think, like, that happening to her, basically Belle, as a child, meets Tom Cruise in the mirror, which we'll (laughs) get into in a minute. Um, and ends up crushing up rose petals and using them to poison her mother. And uh, her mother ends up having to go to the hospital. Which, what was stuff. that going to do? You kill your mom and then what? She wasn't thinking straight. She was, was going to run Tom off with Cruise. Tom Cruise and be in the next Top Gun what? movie, obviously. Come on now. Um, but she she does that, but like she meets Tom Cruise in... Her mom's mirror, and we kind of understand that, like, her mom is the one who has exposed her to this darkness and this envy yeah. and this horrible envy. cycle. Yeah. And that her mom is trying to put a stop to it in some way and also doesn't really know what she's doing because she's just a person. Um, yeah. And I think, like, I think there's, you know, this, like, element of forgiveness obviously because so much of the book is Belle struggling with anger towards her mother and resentment I think that's I mean that's my thing is I'm like sometimes people do bad things yeah or harmful things and it may not be intentional and then they die and you just you kind of just have to live with it yeah like there's nothing to be done about it at that point. It just kind of is how it is. So like the very nice like moment with the jellyfish where she's like, Oh, I have a moment of understanding with why my mom acted this way. I w- I think me as yeah. not living in a book yeah. and just having a normal old human experience was like, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but again, that's me like shading with personal. That's just right, like and where I think- I'm coming from, I guess. Yeah, and I also think everyone's, like, personal, like, r- relationship with their their parents' failures is different, too. Or, like, there's different, el- like, aspects yeah. of it. Because I think, like, you know, there are definitely a lot of things that my mom or that either of my parents have done that I'm like, that was fucked up. Like, <laughs> but ultimately, I do have a more positive relationship with 
them now. Yeah. And I'm and so because of that, it's like easier for me to to access that area of like empathy or forgiveness or whatever sure. just because like I've ha- I've been able I've been lucky enough to have that like or that my parents just like were able to show me in whatever way. Yeah whatever like it's just like different for everybody so like I totally understand why that would come off as like this is a bit too idealistic but also I think sometimes it is that way right where like yeah I think this is kind of and this is oversimplifying it but just as an example I think a lot of times when we're younger we get upset with our parents and don't understand like why they do things they do. And then with distance and with time, um, sometimes we not necessarily, we don't necessarily forgive them, but we understand that they are like Kelly was saying, they're people and, uh, they don't always do the right things. And sometimes they try to do the right things and it fucks us up anyway. Um, yeah. And I think that is like a very real discovery that some people do have as adults. Yeah, I... Like, to me, that didn't ring false. I don't know. I think also, um, just after reading the acknowledgement section of the book, um, and I don't know, like, exactly what the situation was or what happened, but, you know, the author says something like, um, you know, thank you to my mother. Like, she's nothing like Noel, but this relationship between mother and daughter was very much formed from the same, like, I think she says the same petals and thorns as, you know, the one that I had with my mother. And she says, you know, I still miss you. Yeah. So she has also, I I think, lost her mother. And, but it, so I do wonder if this is, like, also her trying to work through her her Mm -hmm. own frustrations or trying to understand. Yeah. What her mom was going through too because like also sometimes it's like maybe that will it also depends on how you approach like will it help me feel better if I have if I have empathy for someone will it help me feel better if I don't and sometimes it feels better to not (laughs) you know (laughs) I mean I have empathy I'm just kind of like what's happened happened and a a magical jellyfish is not gonna come out of the ocean and like comfort me right Right. Yeah. And that's not fair to put <laughs> that on the book, but that's just how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. The one part I liked, Mary. <laughs> I mean, I didn't hate the ending. Um, I was just going to say that, like, when you care about someone, you don't necessarily forgive or forget things that they've done to fuck you up. You just kind of overlook them sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Especially... When, like you said, if they've died, right? Yeah. There's no getting closure any other way. Yeah. So sometimes you just have to be like, oh, yeah, that was a terrible thing. I guess I'm just going to, like, try to not th- remember that part or, you know, whatever you have yeah. to do to kind of yeah. make it bearable. Yeah. Which is kind of kind of how I read the end where it's like, like y'all were saying, like, she. Yeah, maybe she made the problem, but then she left it alone with the grandma who I don't I think she really was doing damage control here. But like, that's not her mom. 
And she never was pretending to be her mom. And then when the grandma died, she's like, I guess I'm going to go live with this woman who doesn't want me. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's just, I feel like in that moment, she's like 15 or 14 or something. And that creep is hitting on her on the plane. Yeah. And then I'm not sure if I think she just went because her mom was like, I'm ready now to take you back. I'm not sure if it's because her grandma died. I guess that was later. You're right. Yeah. It's still like it's her mom being like, well, now that I'm in a place in my life that's comfortable, I'll take you back. And it's like, well, you did make the decision to have a child. Yeah. And that's kind of part of the deal. Right. Is that whatever's going on in your life, you continue to like commit to this thing that you chose to do. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm with you. And then I, I feel like, too. When you're 14 or 15, you have, like, no agency over what happens to you. Uh So you do have to overlook that, at least for the moment. You know, you have to be like, this is this is what's happening now. (laughs) Like, this is happening at me. And I just kind of have to try to take it in stride. So it makes sense that she would do that sort of revisionist uh, looking back on her relationship with her mom at the end, too. Yeah. Because she is unreliable, like we've said. Um, Yeah. It might give yeah. her some peace to imagine that happening, even if it didn't. Yeah, maybe this jellyfish wasn't even her mom, and it was just um, it was just her projecting. I mean, I think it was the jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, should we uh, talk about Tom Cruise? Tom I've Cruise. Been, I've been waiting so long. The moment we've all been waiting. For. I hate I him so much. That and she then, points out his snaggletooth. Yes, the <laughs> snaggletooth he once had. So. The reason I asked the question in the beginning about childhood crushes is because we find out pretty early in the novel, before the Tom Cruise sightings happen, we find out pretty early that she's got like a pretty substantial collection of Tom Cruise memorabilia. <laughs> uh, and then, of all people. And then, as we have hinted, Tom Cruise or someone, Seth, who looks like Tom Cruise, appears to her in the mirror. Um, and I just think it's really the choice to make this Tom Cruise is like a really important one because like, as we've mentioned, Tom Cruise is just kind of like creepy in and of himself mm-hmm. without being anybody else. Like it's, it would, it's almost scarier if it were actually Tom Cruise, like, oh, like, oh, oh, it's just Seth. That's okay. Right. Like it's almost yeah. scarier. Like if it were actually Tom Cruise versus Seth. Right. Tom mm-hmm. Cruise is heavily involved in Scientology. First heavily. of all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just kind of wanted to, to talk about the choice to like have Tom Cruise so heavily present in this novel i saw some reviews that were like this is tom cruise fan fiction (laughs) did you see my favorite review that i shared no i didn't it just said trigger warning tom cruise and nothing else yeah (laughs) but yeah there's there's a lot of tom cruise in this uh it can be triggering as we (laughs) it's also just so funny because he keeps telling her i'm not tom cruise and she keeps being like but i know you're tom (laughs) tom cruise You, is that you, you Tom said you Cruise? Weren't, but I know that you are. So I just like when she like whispers, like I love the movie Top Gun. <laughs> I like time. And then anytime she watches a Tom Cruise movie, she gets like deeply upset when he's like, Kissing you know, fucking another, another girl. Yeah, yeah, on screen. 
I mean, like, that's my boyfriend. But I, I do feel like there is that time when you're younger where you think like one day we will be together. I mean, yeah. maybe, or maybe the not time with Doc. I don't know. The maybe. time that is now how I feel about Oscar Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think like. I could see how, like, a young person would think, like, yes, Tom Cruise is going to put me in his next movie and whisk mm-hmm. me away. And, um, but, like, the reality of it being Tom Cruise and, like, everything we know about Tom Cruise now, because I don't think people thought of him as, as creepy back then. Still though, a little creepy. I don't he know. Was he's like, a, he's, on a, he was on a ramp toward. Was this was, pre-couch jump? Yeah. When she yes. was a child, yes. 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 Um, but so, later. Like he, I mean, later. wasn't, like, in his divor- divorce with Nicole Kidman, like, wasn't Scientology a problem then for her? Yeah, but is it, this is, like, mm-hmm. pre, if, okay, so well, how like old mid, is she? Early to mid-90s for Yeah, so that. that's pre-Nicole Kidman divorce also, right? Because, I don't know. Well, but, no, like, when did he become Nicole, a Scientologist? I think he, when he was married to Nicole Kidman was, like, the mid-90s. When right? he became a Scientologist, yeah. I'm I don't know, Googling. Mary Kay. I feel like you had some stuff you wanted to say about Tom Cruise also. Oh. That's when he became... The 86? year Top Gun came out. Mm. Top Gun uh, is when he became a Scientologist? Yeah. And wow. The person who showed him Scientology was his first wife, Mimi Rogers. Wow. So she's crazy, too. I guess so. Um, I think he's the worst. And I think that <laughs> it, um, Christian Bale, when he played American Psycho, Patrick Bateman said that he tried to imitate the look of death behind Trump, Tom Cruise's eyes. And when I heard that, I was like, that's it. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I've been experiencing. Also, he ruined The Mummy, the franchise they were trying to reboot. He ruined yep. it. And I'll never forgive him for that. Because as we have <laughs> aforementioned, that's my shit. So <laughs> everything he does, I would do the opposite of. Like, I want to do like the whole Michael Scott railing against Toby for not letting them have fire breathers in the paper warehouse. <laughs> it's like every time I try to do something fun, you make it not that way. Like you just, I hate it. Yeah. So Did you know that Tom Cruise's full name is Thomas Cruise Mapother the Fourth? Oh, good. That's an improvement. <laughs> Mapother? That's yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. It's M A P O T H E R. In my head, how it's like M apostrophe. Apostrophe. Way better. That, that really. Maybe is it's Mapother. Either way, I'm gonna go with Mapother. Um, I do have one question, re Tom Cruise, um, about what happened because. <laughs> Sorry, there- I'm just left. <laughs> Go go ahead. I'm just. What are you be laughing, laughing about, Mapother? <laughs> <laughs> it is quite the name. Um, the fourth, four people did that. Um, when, okay, so there's when she's a teenager. There's like a moment where he like gets in bed with her. I'm using quotes because like I don't know what actually like mm-hmm. was going on there. Did like. Did someone abuse her? 
as a teen? It's, it seemed like maybe one of her, uh, her mom's boyfriends did. Okay. Is what I was reading right. that as. Okay. Oh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Kind of. Really un- catch that at all. It's kind of unclear, but also her grandmother says something about it at one point. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. And also, like, her mom. It- I made that up. But. No, because, like, her mom introduces, like, her, mm-hmm. like, to one of her boyfriends, and it is Tom Cruise yeah. and that's, from And the that's mirror. when she says, I love the movie Top Gun, and he's like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then, like, there's also stuff that her mom says to her in the, as, as a jellyfish. <laughs> uh, when she's, like, like men will always look at you or always looked at you this way will always look at something like that and like kind of implying as yeah. well but okay. and I mean I think she's also definitely dealing with repressed memories here that like the treatments are like bringing back up for mm-hmm. her right so I think like we have to look at like why are those memories repressed mm-hmm. um, and I don't know I I assumed there was some abuse involved that makes sense. Cool. Then I did Which, know what was going cool. on. Cool. No, not cool. Abuse isn't cool. <laughs> For the record. Good. More like, cool, Good. I did understand that. Yeah. I'm smart. <laughs> you got You're it. so smart. You got it, girl. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think um, there's a lot going on with memory in this book. <laughs> um. And yeah, of course, Tom Cruise would be that way. So he is the perfect um, person to to pick for that. Kelly, do you want to talk about, or do we have anything else we want to talk about before we get into the um, book cover? I would love to hear more of Mary Kay's thoughts in general because I know that you super love this book. So yeah, what haven't we talked about that you're dying to talk about, Mary Kay? Um. I mean, we hit most of the things that I was wanting to talk about. Um, maybe one thing that we we only kind of glanced on was that those memory erasures, retrievals, or whatever. It it seems like they're bleaching mm, the the yes. person, where yeah. it's yes. not necessarily. I mean, it is necessarily that they are bleaching their skin, but also it's like their features are going away. So when she mm-hmm. sees those mannequin she's like oh i'm gonna be beautiful like you and it's like yep. you know they don't have a face right like that's what <laughs> sylvia was saying they have no face um yeah so yeah. i, I thought that was really point. creepy um in a few ways like first of all you're you have no identity if you're a mannequin um mm-hmm. which is kind of your soul right like you're, they're taking that and like may, maybe your body doesn't die or maybe it does but like it doesn't matter to you because you're not the body which i think is the the thing that they're severing where it's like my body will be beautiful it's like yeah but you won't be in it anymore so who gives a shit Mm. so i thought that was interesting and then also that the there are three of them which is a fairy the fairy tale number of course and then um she arranges them all in the house and like one of them is missing at the end one of them i can't remember how they all turned up but it seemed it was really cool that they had an ending as well. Like the, the mannequin sisters, you know what I'm talking about? 
<laughs> yeah, the last mannequin gets brought back by Hud Hudson, who has yeah. um he stole her thinking that he was saving Belle because he's also out of his mind on treatment. <laughs> well, but oh, then they looked alike too, because she yeah. had two of them. We didn't mention either that Hud Hudson, the reason he's so interested in this whole thing is because his twin was like involved in the Yes. Beauty cults. And so he's yes. like, I need to get to the bottom of what happened to my twin. Twins. Yeah. Twins. Yeah, I wanted to be like, well, did you get there? Like, because I don't have any, I, I mean, I just think it was a sad ending. They manipulated this man who was obsessed with his beauty. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that they, didn't they both have scars, Belle and Hud? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, Hud's scar was given to him by his twin, which is kind of interesting too, because yeah. it's like the person who, looks exactly like you and is obsessed with their own appearance has marred your appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I think that's interesting. And also like a, maybe not a fairy tale trope, but I feel like it's close where you have like a mirror doppelganger yep. image. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And she's sort of, I kind of like how they end up together and that she's kind of like, we're not, like, he's still really fucked up, but, like, I'm a little bit farther along on my journey of getting a little, feeling a little bit better about stuff, yeah. so I'm going to help him. Yeah, I liked his character a lot, and um, I also liked the grandmother's character a lot because she is so, so, so different from either of the, like, the mother or Belle because she is like very solid in her beliefs and she's like your father was a good man but we didn't agree on anything she's still wearing his jewelry right like but she's not appropriating the way that the mom is like she's just like my son-in-law gave me these bangles they're from Egypt and they're dope so I'm going to wear them constantly and then she's like talking to Belle about death all the time I think isn't that what she was like stop doing that she talks to the dead she talks yeah, to well, the and dead. she's also like warning Belle of the like oncoming apocalypse, and it's like <laughs> it sh- Belle would be like, when when my mom leaves, my grandmother's eyes go black, and she starts murmuring about like you know the apocalypse coming and the four horsemen or whatever. Um, I have so maybe not I, quintessential grandma, but definitely like fairy grandma. tale grandma. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I love. I have one question that I just remembered. How did she get her bracelet back? Because didn't her bracelet end up in the yard of the girl who she had a very queer friendship with um, in her youth because they would just, like, watch each other do flash dance. And then raid each other. Um, Yeah. And then say, you were this good, but it was all in secret. And she's like, my mom can't know that I'm dancing for you. Um but she like goes and steals the roses from her garden and she leaves the bracelet in the in her garden and the last time she talks to that girl on the phone the girl is like i have your bracelet and then she's like i never saw her again how did she get the bracelet my back my mom doesn't want me to dance for you anymore yeah <laughs> i don't remember what was her name stacy stacy mm-hmm. i think so mhm that's but. the name of some bitch she would dance for you in secret i'm just saying definitely <laughs> But Stacy was the only one who raised her hand during the game where everyone closes their eyes and raises their hands if they think someone is pretty. Mm-hmm. That was also, it's short for Anastasia. Up. Who would do that? Who would who would go by Stacy instead of Anastasia? That's such a great name. I know. 
I don't know. It was the 90s. It was a yeah. different time. You're right. I shouldn't. The time when the time. film Anastasia came out, but also which is a all the more reason. Club, which had a Stacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stacy versus Anastasia. I thought that was when they found the Romanoff bodies was in the 90s. So it seems like Anastasia would be like hot again. I don't know. Maybe not with middle school. Maybe not with yeah. middle school. <laughs> Outside the royal family, not so much. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I just want to quickly talk about the cover art because I love it yes. so, so much. Um, the cover of this book is so beautiful. It is uh, designed by Patrick Sullivan and Oliver Monday, I believe. Uh, let me just double Oliver check. Oliver Monday is a cool name. Yeah. Yeah, he's a really cool um pretty famous like artist and he does I think what he did was probably the um type like the the lettering which for is, rouge which is great. Yeah, I love it. It is beautiful. beautiful. Um but um I'm not I'm not 100% sure. Uh but she did mention both of those names in her acknowledgments, which I read. Um, let me just go grab the book jacket so I can be triple sure. I'm excited to learn about this. I'm checking out his website right now, looking at all his book covers. Oh, wow. These are cool. Okay. Also, annoying thing that happened to me. Um, so full disclosure, I work for Simon & Schuster, which is where this book is published from, and... Um, we get, like, free books sent to us if we want. Like, a couple mm-hmm. times a year, they'll send out an email that's like, it's your five free books. And so we get to pick from the catalog, and they get shipped to us. But I ordered this one, and when it got shipped to me, it, it was, like, ripped up the spine because, no. like... Oh, that's a big rip. So I taped it because it... But it was also basically, like, a, one of the other books in the package had, like pushed it up and like crumpled it and ripped it so i opened the box and it was like that and i was like are you fucking kidding me because this is one of my favorite cover designs from like the last couple of years so yeah cover design by oh it just says oliver monday so i guess probably patrick sullivan was like the art director on it Mm -hmm. um because she mentions him in her acknowledgement section as well but so like this is one of my favorite types of cover because not only does it have extremely beautiful you know, typography. But it also has an image that at first glance is one thing and then only develops more meaning after you are reading the book because it is a jellyfish. Like, it looks like a rose Mm -hmm. and it looks like a rose petal with, like, cool kind of, like, smoke coming out of it and that's kind of what I assumed what was happening. But, like, when you turn it upside down, it's the little jellyfish and it's really fucking cool. And to me, the best covers are things that look beautiful and are intriguing and make you want to read the book and give you a little bit of a sense of what it's about and then they have more meaning after you read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's what this is. So shout out to Oliver Monday, who is a very famous artist and successful designer. Good job, buddy. <laughs> He's yeah, been waiting I on that compliment. <laughs> Me too. It's beautiful. Um, really sad that I did the audiobook because the cover looks really cool. Yeah, so I guess it's time to rate this guy. I feel like this is going to be all over the place. Yeah. Should Susan and Mary go first? I feel like they should. I feel like I should go I, first so we can start low and then we'll build up to people who liked it. Just to- Yeah. 
Let's do it. I'm sorry because I, I feel bad saying this, but I gave it a two. You don't have to feel it's bad. Okay. Um, no accounting for taste. No, I'm just even. That's fine. <laughs> I never claim yeah. to have good taste. <laughs> I haven't technically rated it. I felt like I couldn't rate it because I didn't partic- particularly enjoy reading it. But I feel like I didn't enjoy it because of personal stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm still okay. sitting with it. Yeah. But I mean, your rating can reflect your personal Yeah, feelings, I think I know? probably am somewhere between a two and a three. Yeah. But That's I don't know cool. yet. Yeah. I think I... I'm going to go with a four. I was kind of between, like, I think really I would give it kind of a a little more than a four, but I'm not quite at a five because there were a couple of things that I was not, like, just a little bit of the repetitiveness, I think, was my main uh, gripe. But also, like, it really, it really wrapped up in a way because I was like, at a point where it could be like, is it a three? Is it a four? And then by the end, I was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. like that really, mm-hmm. that really got me. So, yeah, I think I'm gonna give it a four. Um, I I gave it a four. I enjoyed it. I think I think it was good. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I don't have any reason, like particularly, that I didn't give it a five, except that, it, like, I guess I just like save fives for like this is like. One, this is like a new favorite, and I enjoyed yeah. it. I enjoyed it, and like I've definitely enjoyed her other books as well. And I don't know that I necessarily like this one more than the other ones. So I guess I'm just like, yeah, that that was about as good as I was expecting it to be. Is kind of how I feel. <laughs> so I I don't know. I liked it. Four. I'm between a four and a five, too. Um, I did like this one better than her other books, which I also really liked. Um, yeah. I definitely want to read them now. So I I'm I feel like I'm weird in that I liked – I've read – so I've read Bunny and All's Well, and I think I liked All's Well the best. What do you think I would like between those two? I think you would like Bunny. Okay. But I don't know. I what think it was think like I the would the, like? I think I think it was like the theater aspects of All's Well and just like it's very much focused on like dealing with chronic pain, which I found interesting um, to me that I don't know, just the subject matter. But like if you're into like dark academia and stuff like that, I think Bunny's the way to go. But I think those I mean, those are the only three I've read. I know that she has other books, but they were all good And for Susan, perhaps a different author. Yes. (laughs) I've read 13 (laughs) Ways of Looking at a Fat Girl. There you go. I didn't love it. I didn't read um, that one. I read the other. You read the ones that Emily said. Yeah, you really like. Yeah. Do you? Which one do you like the best? Do you think? I liked Bunny because I didn't understand all of the the theater illusions. I think, like, I think some of that because I wasn't real heavy into theater. Yeah, I missed. So, but they're both really good. So, yeah, I still enjoyed it. It just wasn't as on brand to me personally i think as we established on the last episode i was the theater kid mm-hmm. in high school so i do like dark um, academia so i'm kind of tempted 
Yeah. But I also really wanted this one to be over. And I was happy when it ended. Maybe I'll just watch Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, that'll definitely satisfy the dark academia, yeah. academia <laughs> craving. Yeah, for sure. Um, cool. Well, that was that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nobody read that book because we probably scared them all away from reading it. What book was it? The Biography, Biography of X. Biography of X. <laughs> My book that I picked. Oh, yeah. We all were like, don't read this book. Yeah. Mm, I liked that so. one better than this one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I definitely did not. Um, yeah. It's all oh, no. The cheese stands alone again. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> well, if you've got feedback about this one or that one, please let us know. We would love to talk about it. I'm going to um, solicit some bunny feedback. If that some bunny feedback? Yeah. We need uh, to I hear more from your friend who... story now that we've talked about it. Yeah. What exactly happened there? <laughs> yeah. Um. What is on the blog? I wrote a blog about has-been hotel mm-hmm. and how it approaches redemption and religion. It was a good post. It was. I liked the show. It made me want to watch it. I, it's good. It's good. It's really short. There's really good music in it. If you like Broadway. I do. It's got a top-notch cast of actual Broadway singers, including the person who originated the role of Katie in Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. And so the whole time she's singing, I was just like, we could have had this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you should have been thinking we could have had Ngauri Rice on this show. <laughs> oh, she just wouldn't physically be capable. Um, Kelly and I are still doing Bachelor recaps. We're a little behind right now because I had an unexpected work trip, but we're catching up. Um, also, I still am going to do my Sundance blog again. I had an unexpected work trip and I had how many hours of free time? Zero. Negative hours of free time. Yeah. I did not sleep. So bear with me. I cannot stress this enough. We do not get paid to do this. This did give me <laughs> yeah. time to get caught up on The Bachelor, though. So I there can be yeah. with it. And you can sub in if we ever yeah. need. Because there you go. Uh, surprise, I did end up writing this post, which I'm not done yet with yet, by myself because my girlfriend... Didn't help me. No, it's my fault for uh, not planning it correctly and forgetting to take my medication and then sleeping for a whole day instead of writing the blog post. Um, so that's good on luck me. with the double but, uh, bachelor episode this week, you guys. I'm gonna. I have heard that it's a good one though. Anytime it's, it's like two nice. nights, I'm like, no, why? Yeah, we, we it's don't. Too it's too early in the much. season for it this. Why are wanted, we doing? This? I want everyone to know it's just going to be one recap for both nights. Oh, yeah. as it should. We're not. We're not doing all. We're probably like an hour There's, of that time is commercials. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, next time, Mary. Both of these are you. Hmm. Tell us next, about what's next going on. other so is this is me me now <laughs> <laughs> This is me now from the mind 
The heart, the, the heart. soul. The dreams. The dreams of Jennifer Lopez. Yes. What are we going to talk about? I I'll no never idea. tell. I have no idea what this movie is going to be about. Apparently so it's movie. only an hour long, which I love. What? Great. Uh, <laughs> are you serious? That's what I saw today on Twitter. Oh wow. God. Okay, I kind of love that for um, us, though. Speaking of an hour long, our next book episode is Thornhedge by T. Kingfisher, <laughs> which is it's Ten a novella. Pages long, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we will be joined by a special guest, Jen. Oh, oh I didn't know. Yay. Cool. Jen, literal fairy tale expert. Has wow, her I PhD. love Jen. Best cat sitter in the world. Jen. Best cat sitter ever. Yep. Literal best cat sitter ever. Yeah. It's true. She, um, um, I think, want to say she wrote her dissertation on Cinderella stories. Ooh, but she has had a lot of crossover with other things and just loves Did we fairy say tales. the name of the book? Thornhedge, yeah. Okay. By T. Kingfisher. By T. Kingfisher. All right. Mary Kay. Hi. What have you been up to? Where can we... <laughs> If everyone loved hearing your wonderful thoughts and ideas and words, where can we get more of those? And your very charming voice, which I always think yes. every time Thank I hear you. I know. That's, I was like, why am I reading this description? Mary Kay's voice is way better than mine. Because I, I can't say any French things. I want to pronounce all of the sounds, and they don't do that. They just... They go, the yep, yeah. I know. And, I, <laughs> it's real bad. and sometimes in between, and then sometimes yep. at the beginning, and I never know when to get lazy. Like, I never know when to let my tongue just relax. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I didn't want to read it, because... <laughs> I don't know how to do that. So you won't be talking about any French true crime cases. Is this what we're hearing? Um, you, I don't think so. And if there are, like I I always try to look up the words beforehand and sometimes I have to read them like several times, even if they're like, I studied Spanish. So I feel like I'm like pretty good with Spanish, but sometimes I still have to be like, did that sound right? Did that sound like this? And then like play the pronunciation back just to make sure. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, we have a new podcast by Diversion Audio and iHeartRadio called The Greatest True Crime Stories Ever Told. It is another true crime podcast, but this time uh, the women are at the forefront of the stories. So they're not just the victims. Sometimes they are the victims, but sometimes a bit, but most of the time they're not. And if they are, they're something else too. Like they're an actual person in the story, which I find refreshing. But um, a lot of times they're the criminal, they're uh, the prosecutor, the judge, the detective. Um, yeah, sometimes like the the criminal by proxy, which is the one that just came out about Celeste Beard and Tracy Tarleton just in time for Valentine's Day. I don't know when this one's releasing, but like that's the one that's uh, about to come out. And then there's a really sad one coming up soon, the one about Andrea Yates. I don't know if you oh, remember yeah. that story. but um, And then I get to interview the authors uh, of both of those. A lot of times I get to interview the authors, which is really fun. Um, yeah, and you can listen to that anywhere you like to listen to your podcasts. Um, that's my main project right now. And then, of course, uh, there's my book, which I think Susan interviewed me about a while mm -hmm. back when it first came out, mm -hmm. called America's First Female Serial Killer. That one's about Jane Toppin. And, of course, I also covered her 
on the show. So if you're like, I don't have a whole book in me right now, you can just listen to the podcast. It's but three parts. If you are an audiobook listener, Mary Kay also reads her audiobook. So if you I did. Like listening and to there's her voice. no French words in it. No French words. <laughs> there's a few Massachusetts words that I had to get confirmation on the pronunciation of words. That's yeah. funny. But um, yeah, so if you want to find me, that's where you can find me. I'm also Mary Kay McBrayer on everything if you just type it into any search engine. But we pretty much all use Google now, right? Like we've just yeah, – yeah, we're not using anything. Okay, just making sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can find me there. And I'm really glad that y'all had me on. I love talking about yeah. this book. And it was really good to catch up with y'all and lovely to see you as well. Aww, oh, it's so good to see you. What a great Valentine's Day recording. For it is. so true. I didn't even think Happy about that. Galentine's. I meant to say that at the beginning. We are recording this on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And that just feels... It's also Mardi Gras today. That Tuesday. Wow. Let me take a picture it's just of a all really of our, good day. our red lipstick now. So. I mean, I don't have any, but... Well, pretend. Uh, you can follow us... At Bookswag Goals, uh, we are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Blue Sky. What? Don't forget to shout out the patrons. I'm gonna. That's the oh, last thing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Patrons. I know sexy. what I'm doing by now. <laughs> <laughs> um, our website is bookswaggoals.com. <laughs> That's where you can find our blog. Um, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That is how other podcast apps will aggregate and find us. And it's been a really, really long time since someone left us a new review. So if you haven't done that, if you're a listener and you listen all the time and you realize like, hey, I haven't ever left a review, it's super easy. And it would only take like a minute and Mm -hmm. it would really help us out. Um, And, you know, if you really, really wanted to help us out, you could subscribe to our Patreon. It is only $3 a month. And you will get secret pictures of our pets that we don't post anywhere else. And secret captions of the pets in your thoughts. What about mom glamour shots? Mm. Um, Those will go on the regular. Those are free. Those are for everybody. (laughs) We're just giving off the goods for free. <laughs> exactly. But yes, um, but yeah, Mary Kay, send us your mom glamour shot. Okay. Yes. Look, look for mom glamour shots on social media, and um, you, yeah. So you should subscribe to our Patreon. It's three dollars a month, and you'll be helping us with expenses such as our website um, fees and things like that. Which it honestly hey, helped a lot. It helped a lot this year um, with the ridiculous fee that Squarespace charges for a business account. So thank you so much to our patrons for that help. Who are our patrons, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. It's Todd. It's Kathleen. It's Justin. It's Susan. There she is right there. Alex. That's right, Alex. We're waiting for your feedback. It's been a minute. Bonnie. Janet, and the first ever patron. <laughs> patron zero. Me. Patron Saint. Kelly. I love, I love Kelly. Mary and Napather. Yeah, Mary and Emily don't give a shit about this podcast. So. I mean, my husband is a patron, so that yeah. counts for something. <laughs> ben doesn't give a shit either. It's fine. Look, <laughs> I told Todd I wasn't going to show him the secret pet pictures. Yeah. And he signed uh, up. My girlfriend also doesn't give a shit, so 
Yeah, Ange, if you're still listening, if you listened to this episode, I'm calling you out. <laughs> I'm going to get my husband to leave a review. Yeah. There you go. Please. They're really valuable. Perfect. Every, make sure everyone, please get your husband to leave us a rating and review. I feel weird if I do it. I'm on here now. It doesn't, like it doesn't matter. I've it. left a review. So it's okay. less yeah. weird, actually, if you do it. I'm definitely do it, rated for sure. Okay. <laughs> I'll go do it. I'll Five stars only. Don't, no, I won't Make do a that. fake I'm account. Delete, 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 delete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start review bombing in a good way. No. Like oh a love bomb, but good. Yeah, we can, we can be like that author and start like making fake accounts and like rating our own podcast really high and rating everyone else's really low. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good idea. <laughs> I'm gonna it out well for so her. that nobody hears so no, that no, they no. don't know about You're our plan. Right. We got to keep it a secret. And then when they try to call us out, we'll say it was what was the name of the person? She said Lily did it. Her friend Lily did it. We're gonna be like it was Lily. Oh yeah. Yeah, or we could just blame Mary Kay's husband. Who's Mary Kay's husband? <laughs> oh no, his name is Lily. His name is Lily. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details